Alrighty, welcome back to DC Cinematic Minute. My name is Mark. You can follow me on all social media at Mark Meadows with a Z. And I'm Nathan, and you can also follow me on social media at NoClutchNate, and also my uh, toy photography page at Clutch Figures on Instagram. Cool, cool. Alrighty, well, today on Man of Steel Minute, we are covering minute number six of Man of Steel. It starts with uh, Jor-El looking around as warships and starfighters uh, in dogfighting, I guess. Yeah, why doing, not? Doing over, battle. You know, aerial combat all over, over the, All over the capital, Candor. And uh, it ends with, uh, let's see, it ends with uh, Jor-El telling Kelex uh, the world is about to something. Something. I wonder what it's about to do. I don't know. Uh, I, I, have a, I have a feeling. Um, it starts. It's, it's uh, going to be all right. We, yeah, the world's about to be okay. It's going to be okay. I'm just going to jump. I just need to. I just need to do a I big old to, crime before I just need before to steal uh, something real quick before the purge is over. Um, Felix, we're introduced to Haraka. Oh yeah, absolutely. Great, great character. And I had some concept sketches of it. I I could probably get those up again. And they're really cool looking. Did it kind of just look the same the whole time, or were there? There were some changes to it. Um, like crazy, crazy oh, different gosh. concepts. Yeah. I guess this was still trying to establish like the beasts of Krypton. Yeah. And all that. I thought it was interesting that Haraka, um, well, that Jor-El even has Haraka. Oh, yeah. Instead of, like, a speeder or, like, a... Like a Anything. Yeah, well, like I a mean, speeder, I got, like, a, you know, like a personal yeah, I know, bike. I know what you mean, but, like, in a world that all the things, especially the, 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 the structure of, like, the buildings even, everything seems more cybernetic, organic kind mm-hmm. of deal, natural. So, I mean, it kind of makes sense for him to ride this beast. Yeah, well, it's not surprising to me now because i did you know when we learned about jor-el having the farm and all that yeah. and like he wants yeah. to keep that image of what krypton used to be like that makes sense that he has haraka but when i first saw the movie i was like it's kind of weird wouldn't you want a speeder like what True do you that. Do? it's kind of like or uh, like the attack ships that are flying over the place wouldn't there be like more of like a slimmed down less militaristic version of that thing that they could just be like flying normally you know I mean, what i mean well i guess he didn't know he was going to be in combat no so he wouldn't have anything like that. But uh, he's got to do the best he can now with Haraka to get out of there. And uh, I thought, well, another cool thing. But did you want to talk about the concept before um, we move on? Yeah, I mean, there's some there's some cool things here about the concept. I also have another thing about um, Haraka that I, that I learned. A lot of um, this minute, I found um, <clears throat> some very useful things. I know we're talking mainly about the movie. But the novelization of this movie actually goes more in depth to some things, which I still mm-hmm. consider is canon because it's the novelization directly of the Man of Steel movie. I think the rule is as long as it doesn't conflict. No, I don't think it in, does. There's in which some... case, the film rules over the the novelization. Okay, of so any... there is one minute that actually, I think uh, minute seven, there's something that was different that I took note to say that it was different than the novel versus what we saw in the movie, but it's mm. not that big of a deal. But straight up with Haraka, because you kind of can see it, I guess. He's um he's he's kind of, where's, where's my note here? Here we go. He's both genetically engineered and cybernetically enhanced. So really? like, as Jor-El, like making the species that you said at his farm, he probably created him off of some previous uh you know ancient beasts that like they might have had but had to had to enhance some sort of ways so it'd be like if uh because the planet is dying maybe horses go extinct but yeah. he's like well i need a absolutely horse. but you don't make a normal horse you make a fucking unicorn man check it out his wings um are made of chromosomes extracted from extinct aqua mammal like an aquatic thing that had like some sort of <laughs> fins and they was just like you know what i'm gonna make them wings they almost seem a little bit dragon-like but but like 
but more of like a like a what is it translucent? If yeah, you know. well, they kind of remind me of uh, Dragonfly from, from the <laughs> Dragonfly Dragon Horse. Yes, <laughs> so, from the what? <clears throat> they remind you of the um, I forget what they're called, but from the movie uh, Avatar. Oh yeah, uh, a little bit. See, like here's some of the concept. It's just a little. It's still beast looking little, but this is kind of more reptilian ish it looks more uh, aquatic yeah Actually, see and I had the, but the then wings here's the different shape of heads that they were going to this one is definitely like more insect like and then yeah. this one looks kind of dragon aquatic or something they do seem to resemble a lot of an aquatic figure even though there was really no water that we have seen other than in the in the in the pools that he dives into but that's later but hit check this out that one straight up bug looking it's like Cthulhu this is me just if you wings. want to follow through i mean you could just google search uh, concept art of haraka and that's h apostrophe r a k a i like that they call them a war kite now is that the rondor concept yeah that's the rondor beast that we saw oh that's in the cool. previous minute cool yeah <clears throat> well i guess like this is to further uh establish what krypton used to be with like its mammals and stuff but i guess this is an entirely new species what is Haraka. Oh like, yeah, Haraka that's like is what not, I said. Like, like, like he even was, like, though he wanted him. to uh, keep an image of Krypton, he still kind of like went and Frankenstein. Yeah, he did. I own. mean, he also added um, uh, computerized <laughs> implants into his nervous system to give him like more fast reflexes and able to like enhance his. This flight explains a lot more because I think in later parts that we're about to get into uh, in later minutes, we'll. I had some things that I was some qualms you, were, were you, you just said frankenstein that you just uh that you just compared jor-el to and in, in, in a sense yeah we well, see i mean the birth of this god child is like you know to trumps the fact that well, he's a oh man he's a crazy scientist yeah, he is a crazy scientist <laughs> he we, really is i, I have a we, bunch of notes on that uh, i think every minute i see with jor i'm just like man you crazy it's like oh you're supposed to be this like pristine god that you know oh superman's father this guy was a little uh on the on the yeah on the radical side I agree, one hundred percent. But uh, moving on from that, yeah. I uh, at one point in the film, or in this minute, uh, so we see Jor El and Haraka dive through the ridges that we that I thought was the bottom of Kandor, and then into a much larger area, massive structure. And yeah. uh, I did, you know, I've seen this movie so many times, but I never watching it minute by minute. I realize now, like. You get to see it. I was yeah. like, whoa, there's actually more down here than I ever realized. Yeah, I mean... I, I think it just, if you don't think about it, it just goes by, and you're like, oh, they're just flying through a bunch of stuff, and uh, yeah, all of a sudden a you're at this tree, or the, yeah. he's diving in a swimming pool or something. like. Also, a lot of people would think of Kandor as being the bottled city, and it's just like this little tiny, contained, you know, New York kind of Manhattan-looking thing. But really, like, if it's the last city on this planet that everybody flocked to, they're going to have to to make room for everybody if, if they were all, you know, not degenerate bloodline, as if Zod was saying. And if there were a lot more Kryptonians there at the final days, they had to be somewhere, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's so kind of like the th- thing of another Star Wars reference, kind of like making Coruscant. They had nowhere to go but up, but constantly people well, would come in. I know we do a lot of Star Wars references uh, <laughs> to, especially Man of Steel right now, but something that I thought about, like, it, it isn't surprising that there's so much tether to... Um, what worked in Star Wars and translate it here into the mythology of Krypton because Mm -hmm. Zack Snyder kind of likes to go toe-to-toe with Star Wars. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think we've noticed from just like marketing perspectives, like him and J.J. Abrams when they were doing both Batman v Superman and The Force Awakens 
respect respectively they were playing basically quote unquote like through twitter yeah um uh, and kind of competing their two films against each other and i can totally see a lot of this not just us being like oh that kind of reminds us of star wars but also Zack snyder actually literally like hey i like star wars i'm gonna use some of their concepts in my film and i guess we're just finding that yeah um because i also wrote here when jor-el and haraka and Kelix all get to by the end of this minute they reach the giant organic tree that is the the growth codex i guess the genesis chamber there you go. There you go. The <laughs> atop, uh, on top of the central hub, as uh, Kelex noted. And uh, Kelex kind of has a C-3PO moment where she's like, just to give you a forewarning, this is a class B like yep. act of treason. And he's like, he's like, never tell me the odds, mm-hmm. Kelex kind of thing. Like, the world is ending. It's time to get it. Like, none yeah. of that matters anymore. One of those. <laughs> so I, th- I literally was, I wrote that down. I was like, that was very Star Wars. Yep. Uh, some back and forth between Jorah and Kelex. And... Again, I think last time we talked about Kelex, we did mention that they actually do say her name is her name, its name, more often than you realize. Yeah. So, I guess they do. So it seems have... like kind of fly by because he kind of it's it's almost like he doesn't slur it, but he just says it in such a natural tone mm-hmm. that you kind of call like your your, your pet kind of deal. That's it's just, just like acting. yeah, absolutely. Instead of uh, <laughs> uh, Kelex, uh, what is the situation? Yo, Kelex, give me that exactly. Um. So what is this Genesis Chamber? Oh, the Genesis Chamber. All right. So by and by, the Genesis Chamber was created many, many eons ago. No one knows when. It's just always has been since uh, Kryptonians outlawed the uh, natural uh, sexual uh, reproduction, crossbreeding kind of deal because of monstrosities that were to occur. So they outlawed that, you know, a long time ago. and, And now that we just understand that they just have a Genesis Chamber that took the best out of people and put it together i have some more notes on that i think in in a minute no i think i have it nope yep um we'll get there minute seven i think i have most of those notes in there i think i split a lot of them up between this two but yeah he goes to the genesis chamber and um uh so pretty much this is also taken from the novel that i saw that the kryptonians owed their life to the genesis chamber and um one of the things that that jor-el like in his mind that they were talking about in the novel was that uh that who, why would, that you kind of seem that it was very unprotected. There was a sapphire guard all over the place, flying all over the sky, blowing up everything, uh, fighting against the sword of Rao. So the, the two armies are battling it out all out, and then he kind of gets to this Genesis Chamber, which is like where they keep all their future of Krypton, and aren't people thinking, well, why aren't there guards there? How is he just able to dive into this pool all willy-nilly and swim through all these babies that we see and everything? That's in the next minute. But... <laughs> so anyway, he goes up to the uh, the Genesis Chamber, and um, he notices that uh, f- that it was kind of empty and that he could go into it easily. But um, they said that the Genesis Chamber, oh gosh, that who else but a madman would tamper with it? And um, that kind of that thought kind of went through Jor-El's head, and that kind of made me consider him to be more of the Frankenstein monster kind of deal, the Doctor Frankenstein deal, because it's kind of like if he's scientist. if he's attempting to take one of the most sacred things that Kryptonians have, because it's it's their future. That whole that codex that he's attempting to steal is their future, and why would a Kryptonian want to tamper with that. That is their life. They owe their life to this place and to this thing. Well, when the world's ending, 
But that's the thing. <laughs> but okay, so he cried out before all this at the law council and said, "Hey, the world's gonna end. Um, we should do something." And they were like, "Yeah, no, you're crazy. You're a crazy scientist, man. Get out of here." All right, well, hang on, because think about it. He was a high up scientist. Don't you think if the world was ending and they did see the planet going to shit that like is happening right now, wouldn't they be like, "Hey, yeah, this smart scientist with all these high credentials should be able to just walk into this thing and do what he wants because he has best intentions." No. Hey, the world's going to end because we're mining it too much. No, we're too advanced for that. This guy's crazy. Strip him of his credentials. I mean, and he's got to break into it. That applies here because we exactly. have, uh, you know, famous, uh, uh, like you have Neil deGrasse Tyson, and you have people that discredit Bill Nye just because Bill Nye had a had a, like, had a TV show for like kids. yeah kids yeah. yeah and then like you they're like there are people who fight them about global warming topics and they'll say something like who believes bill nye the guy just because he was bill nye the science guy exactly like he like his ideas mean nothing because that's a kid's show and it's like are you serious and kind of thing and we don't have those people in the office we don't have them working you know in the capital on like major decisions they have probably the best hypothesis about our current situation mm-hmm. but no one like they just kind of go, oh, that's smart. That makes sense. But yeah. They don't oh, follow, that's entertainment. But they don't follow through with any of that. Yeah. And that's kind of like here in Jor-El, they were like, he's a great scientist. But when like it comes to decision making, they're like, whoa, bro. Whoa, you stick to creating your animals. Yeah. Like, go go back to farming, man. Like that's what that's that's what they're trying to say. So exactly. So so you know he's he's definitely going through his mind that he's is on they're on the brink of extinction right there with their race, and he is definitely trying his best to what he can do and and in the situation that he can that he's in and he's going to try his best (laughs) well i had a question i was like does so they they all know i mean it's obvious they all know that krypton is dying yeah but is jor-el the only one who knows that krypton is like days from dying or well zod believed him and that's why he's trying to take over right now because he needed to act quickly but does the law council and everyone on the bottom floor of kandor are they like like the general populace are they like Mm -hmm. Excuse me. Are they like, um, oh yeah, we know the planet's dying, but I mean, we'll probably live on. Like, we'll die, but our generation will keep on living, and they'll have to figure out the solution. I don't think they know that it's like collapsing the core. I think they're just still stuck in their ways of. I think they just luxury. I think almost. all the general populace knows is that the resources are used up. Yeah, and like, and of course, I mean, all these Kryptonians are are preordained to give a to, to to have a certain role in life. So I mean, they're probably sticking to what they're doing. The doctors are staying doctors. They have patients to worry about. They don't have to worry about the world ending. The librarians are librarians. They just have books to read. You know what I mean? Yeah, like the alphas and the betas, delta. Like, if you read yeah. a Brave New World, like that kind yeah, exa- of yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. Like system. it's it's not a part of their. It, it's of course they definitely have a super caste system here, and it's probably of none of their concerns that. It's happening, and Jor-El, being one of the top scientists, is is probably like, "Hey, it's going to happen." And of course, he gets labeled as as a crazy person. Hmm. Well, and to I learn think... that he had a natural birth, what? Nat- Get out of here, gross! That's what they're thinking. <laughs> natural birth and freakazoid, uh, yeah. Pegasus creature. Yes, that is not a natural animal of Krypton. It's like the mix of three. Yeah, it's like one Jurassic Park animal. Mm-hmm. Like, we could have made a Velociraptor the way it looks, or we could put wings on it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and make him able to fly and, and navigate through everything with the, with the implants. Also, heat-seeking missiles. Of course. <laughs> uh, 
Um, but I mean, that's all I got for this minute. I think it gets into some pretty crazy stuff in the next one. Do you got anything left for this one? Um, not really. I, I, the, that multi-level system, I said that they described them as arteries, which I thought was kind of neat because, because it did look like him going through it. It kind of was like a, like if, like if the law council was at the the heart of the city almost, like he Mm -hmm. was flying around that and those were kind of like, you know. Yeah. I noticed that, um, not only. It's still organic, right? With the arches, like the the ridge. arches kind of thing, they referred to them as arteries. Again, I was like, "That's liquid geo." Yeah, to me, I mean, at this it, point, it everything well that looks kind of metal Not but stone. also organic, yeah. I'm just or like structure, and it looks kind of funky. I'm just like oh, liquid geo. At yeah. this point, it's my uh, oh yes, yeah. that that that's the answer to, to everything. A, I have a bunch of notes here on the uh, in the beginning of the minute, um, a bunch of the warships that that were that Jorel was actually seeing, and I kind of kind of got in depth with those, um, like the, the first Kryptonian one, hammerheads. The and... Kryptonian hammerhead was like that big one, the the um, the flagship looking one, um, which is uh, which is different from the the attack ships, which are the smaller ones, which we see later a, a better view of them in, in the later minutes to come, and um, but they all have the same. Um, exoskeleton well, bug kind of well, beetle looking from the Sword of Rao versus Kandor's own military guards the, the, the Sapphire Guard are they the same vehicles and equipment because I mean they can't really be different right uh, well I assume that the Sword of Rao are just extremists that are probably a part of the guard and maybe hand chosen by Zod himself so they have better ships. Yeah. So I mean, Jod is the general, and he, Jod Zod was the general, and uh, of you know the the Kandor's military, and you know, so he probably had access to a bunch of these ships and 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 weaponry that he can just get, you know, especially with the backing that he have, like the Sword of Rao. Mm-hmm. The Sword of Rao was already like like a you know the way Seal that Jorel said six. it. Yeah, they were already like a known threat. They were they were the extremists, as you know, Jorel just sent them so nonchalant. Um, there's another thing here. Oh, bo, 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 bo. Yeah, so, like, the hammerhead, the Kryptonian hammerhead is, is much different than the, um, the other ship that we see in a, in a later minute that's, like, bigger. That's also, like, the scout ship that we see Because so far, on. we've only, I think we've only seen the hammerhead <clears throat> ones. Like, the one that was over the farm on a later minute that we discussed. Yeah. And there was, um... Yeah, like the one in the the one minute it was like the, the sun setting and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was the only hammerhead that we saw. And um, and then just now seeing in this minute the and destruction of fighting, a hammer yeah. hammerhead uh, warship right in front of Jorel. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought those were pretty cool. I mean, I always I'm all into dogfights and aerial combat, so I try to look as much up as I can. Cause, I mean, they're, of course they're gonna have names. You know, oh yeah, because uh, Star Wars. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but I think I think that's all I have for this minute. Yep, I think that's about it for me on this one as well. But yeah. Alrighty, well, we're going to go ahead and wrap up this minute. If you uh, love what you hear, don't forget to rate, subscribe, do all that jazz. You can follow us on all social media at DCEU Minute. Um, so yeah, go ahead and check us out. We're going to go ahead and wrap up here, and we'll catch you guys on the next one here on DC Cinematic Minute.